You are listening to episode 119 of the Africana Woman podcast, Dancing with God, with Suzette Viernan. My name is Chulu, your host. Let's go. Hello, beautiful. How are you, honey? You should see me today. I am beaming because last week you understood the assignment. Please. (laughs) You listened to Chishemba's story and you shared it over and over again. We have had such an overwhelming response. Thank you so, so much. Please continue to share. I cannot even state how grateful I am. So in the book club, we had such a great discussion, which was around divorce, because this week, Mwendalubi shared her story, which is called Life After Emotional Death. Find the Africana Woman blog, read that article. It is such a beautiful article. Ati, go deeper, mama. Hey, we went deep. To be honest, I feel like everyone should be part of the Africana Woman book club because the conversations that happen in there are amazing. Anyway, that's a side note. I digress, but you can go to africanawoman.com and you'll find out how you can join, okay? So, people are asking for a panel discussion. So, we're thinking inviting Chishimba, inviting Mwenda, and I'm actually thinking that it would be great to have a male perspective. So, look out for that. We will make it happen and announce on social soon, okay? Now, wait, 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 wait. Hey, guys, guys, hey, this week, the Africana Woman Instagram page was hacked. All of our followers were erased. I literally woke up to zero followers. Truth be told, I was not that panicked. I wasn't really that bothered. But I just thought that, you know, I would invite you to follow us again on Instagram, <laughs> especially if Instagram is your place, right? It's your your playground. Please follow us again on Instagram. Simply search Africana Woman and you will also find the link in the show notes. So yeah. And you know, tell your friends, tell one, maybe five, maybe 10 or 20, tell them to follow us, you know. <laughs> now, whilst divorce is messy, I also believe that there are many many absolutely beautiful marriages. In my former life, I used to be a wedding cake designer, so I love love. I think it's such a beautiful gift everyone should have. Of late, I've been talking a lot about love. I even wrote about it on the blog, and the article is called Virgin Territory, My First Date at 40. Please go read it. (laughs) Anyway, love is top of mind because I am ready for somebody's son to find me. I turned 40 this year and would you believe it? I have never been in a serious relationship, right? So this year is one where I am unpacking my beliefs around relationships and opening myself up to love. So pray for me. And guys, if you go read the blog, it says, I ask specifically, set me up on blind dates. I have absolutely no problem with that. So if you've got somebody who's sensible, yeah, set me up on a blind date. 
Anyway, all right. So one of my favorite real life love stories is that of our guest today. Her name is Suzette Viernan. I love this woman. Ooh. So when Suzette talks about her husband, you can feel the atmosphere vibrating with love. <laughs> she also talks about what it takes to find a great match. And, you know, that requires doing some internal work, which can be uncomfortable, but the work is necessary, right? So not to give too much away, please enjoy this episode. Suzette Vernon is redefining her 60s on her own terms, throwing away the handbook on ageism, retirement, and what is acceptable in her third act of life. This defier of boxes is writing her own script, choosing to go where joy leads her and trusting that her next will blow her mind. Coach Suzette, as she has lovingly been called for decades, has traded the demands of hustle and grind entrepreneurship, chasing success as the business owner of both a life and relationship solutions coaching business and an administrative bookkeeping business to bringing her passion for shared joy to the digital space as the self-titled chief instigator of captured special moments with some life and relationship lessons in between. If you asked Suzette what's next, she tell you she doesn't know. What she does know, joy is the path to it. How are you? I am fantastic and so excited to be on the Africana Woman podcast with Chulu. <laughs> you are here. I'm so excited. I, don't, I Listen, last week, because we've been thinking about, oh, who do we want to be on the podcast? And it really just like it came to me. I was like, Suzette, Suzette has to be on the podcast. And I told my team, guys, please reach out to her and let's make this happen. And I'm so excited. So, so excited. I am so glad because I'm going to tell you, Loki, I have been wanting to be on your podcast. I didn't know how to do it. You know, <clears throat> I didn't want to rush into it because I want to kind of get a feel for everything and make mm -hmm. sure it was a good fit. But I just something inside of me. I just love the way you interview. Mm. I love it. And I was like, boy, it would be really great to talk to Chula. It would be a really great, great interaction. And I have been really kind of in, in my spirit, in my spirit. I have really been wanting to Aww. have a conversation with you because I knew it would be wonderful. Yeah. So just for background sake, guys, Suzette and I met, what is it now? Is it three years, three, four years now? Right? Gosh, it's been, a, it was before COVID. That's the way it's like you know, everything is now BC before COVID, <laughs> right? So it was before COVID. And then right after I left, that next year was COVID. So it had to be 2019, 2019 somewhere there. 18, 19, yeah. yeah. Somewhere 
Yeah. So yeah, we met um in purpose to platform and uh you see when Suzette speaks, you the room just lights up and everybody just listens and just holds it. It's like there's a spotlight just on her, and you're just like, oh, let me listen. And she's one of those people that it's so beautifully introspective and it's the way that you articulate yourself and it's just, it's thought provoking it's it, it's emotional it's it's authentic ah oh, i just love it thank you thank you that's the way i would feel when you would speak it was like you would speak and everything it made me want to hold myself upright square my shoulders mm -hmm. there's something about your voice that truly evokes it evokes people to want to be their best selves oh. i don't want to sit with my shoulders slumped it's like girl mm -hmm. lift your shoulders up because twin chulu speaks it's like you want to just kind of like ooh, like okay i am woman wait a minute i don't have to yell I don't have to demand anything mm. I can just stand in my royalty mm -hmm. and just speak eloquently and it commands the space that's the way I felt when you would speak oh my goodness uh, truly thank you truly thank you. oh <laughs> so we finished the program and then um, we've just stayed in touch and you know and I think it was last year when you reached out um, you had done your ancestry um, like done a, a search for your ancestry and yeah. found it in Western Africa and um, you know you wanted to be connected and you guys I know I, you know I love to connect people <laughs> I do that day in day out all the time so oh, you have to go listen to most civil podcast and Suzette is on there. She's talking about that journey as well. So that was very beautiful. I love that. And then more recently, you joined the Africana Woman Book Club and it is yes. such a delight. Let me tell you, such a delight to have you in there. Ah, I love it. You've become a staple very, very fast. <laughs> I love the group of women, the, the whole, what, what you've built has been so wonderful for people like me who go through their life and discover that something brings them to a point where they're like, wait, I need to have a deeper foundation to stand on as to who I am mm. and why I am than where I am. And just by coming into your community where you have so many of us brown skin, women of African descent sprinkled all throughout the diaspora right. who somehow or another are, are energetically, I think, finding our way to each other. Mm -hmm. It has been such a gift for me uh, because after my mom died, who was my second living parent. And so that meant... My mom and my dad were both, had both transitioned. Mm. And I was in my 60s when my mom passed. And surprising to me, I ended up feeling like an orphan. Mm. And rather than try to figure out how I belonged in the world and where I belonged and what kind of deep, profound, familial connection I could find mm. in my own backyard, which was insufficient, by the way, 
being that I'm an American, I, and of course the history for African-Americans or black people as we, re we refer to ourselves has been colored at best, mm. has not been the best. Mm. I knew I could not look within my own country for my definition, for my foundation. It wasn't sufficient. Mm -hmm. And something, I, I really believe it was God that tapped me on the shoulder and said, wait, remember that ancestry DNA you did back in 2000, something, mm -hmm. something that you kind of like put up on the shelf. Right. And I started going through my emails, doing a search because I don't delete anything. Mm -hmm. So I was going through my emails and I went and I was like, ah, oh, there it is. And when I opened and I read it again, just tears. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it. My, my history of slavery here or projected history of slavery cannot be the foundation upon which I define myself. Mm -hmm. I need to go back to where I originated. Now that my mom and my dad are not here, I need a, a, a foundation that's real that even they stand on mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. truly help me to define who I am as a woman, as a person, as a soul yeah. in my own right, as the creation of God in this world. I need to find out where I came from. And when I look back and just this whole journey of connecting with my roots and meeting my soul sisters, you know, from the continent, just, it has just been the light of my life. It truly has been the light of my life. And I appreciate so much you saying yes to the evolution of your own purpose and your own dream to truly embrace something that when I met you wasn't even in your wasn't even in your idea. It wasn't even why you were there. Right? <laughs> right? I'm like, it wasn't even, it's like, what? And to find out how you created something that would be of such of a blessing to me mm. in this third act of life, I am humbled. I am humbled and I'm in awe of how strategic God is. Mm. <laughs> and that nothing that is lost his steps he's he's 10 20 generations centuries ahead of us mm -hmm. just kind of orchestrating and navigating us and we don't even know that we, we, we i didn't even know we we're going to come together in this way so i'm grateful uh, i'm grateful uh, guys can you see why i love suzette <laughs> I think you can see. Clearly, you can see. All right. Um, Suzette, let's just take it back. Let's take it back a little bit. Okay, maybe a bit far back. Um, what is your favorite childhood memory? Wow. Honestly, my favorite one and the one that has really been, if you will, a guidepost to bringing full circle where I am now is a memory of me in a little pink dress with a white pinafore with the little bangs. Back in those days, you had the little bangs where it would come down and curl under. Yes, that bang, right? And I, there's a picture that my mama captured. And I remember this moment. I truly do of me dancing around, twirling in my pretty little pinafore. And there was this little phonograph record 
that would sing, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Yes, I do. I love the Lord. And mama said I would twirl around and sing that song all day long. It was like God and I were having our own special moment. And that for me is my favorite and most profound memory of joy. My first experience of that deep, uninhibited, uncensored, hadn't been tainted by anybody else's definition, ideology. I hadn't been touched by uh, slavery or or civil rights or anything. It was just this pure moment of just me and God and my authenticity, my pure soul, just twirling around in his presence, singing to him how much I loved him. That is my profound memory of oh. childhood. Oh my goodness. You know what? Um, whenever I do retreats and I, you know, I get in a room with women, I'm telling them that, you know, I'm not pursuing happiness. I'm pursuing joy because joy is from within. Like happiness is fleeting. It'll just like pass away. But joy is something that radiates from inside out. And that's what I'm pursuing. So when you talk about like, ah, that was just like your first profound memory of joy. I'm just like, oh, that is so beautiful. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. So you've, you're in your third act. Yes. But what has been your first and your second? Very quickly. What have those been like? <laughs> first act. Oh, man. Oh, first act. I think trying to live up to my mom and my dad's ideology, trying to be, find my way in being a little girl that they could love. I think my first act was that, trying to garner the love of my mom, my dad. I think my second act was trying to garner the love of people, specifically romantic love, trying to find a man that could love me because it seemed like in my first act, for all my efforts to be the good daughter, I was the middle child, to be that daughter that did not make my mom and my dad worried. For all my efforts, I still felt like I wasn't seen and that I wasn't heard and that there was a longing in my heart for home, a place where I mattered, a place where I was preferred, a place where my issues were front and center, a place where I didn't have to wait. And my second act, by the second act, I felt like, oh, if I can get married and have a family of my own, then I'll have a place of relevance and significance and a place of love because he would love me for the rest of my life till death us do part. And I didn't know for sure whether we would have children or not because I really didn't care about that part. I just wanted a partner. 
to be connected in that way. And so that's been my journey for the most part, my third act of really trying to figure out what love really looked like and having a lot of spills and a whole lot of disappointments and okay, the cliche, looking for love in all the wrong places, needing that attention, that middle child energy, letting that middle child drive my car into the ditch every time. <laughs> Cause she didn't know how to recognize someone who could love her because I didn't even know what was lovable about me. And when you don't know what's lovable about you, then you're going to take somebody else's definition and try to make it fit. Try to change yourself into what you feel like they will want. And so that was what my second act was for the most part. Thank God toward the end of it. When I hit 50, all the planets aligned, all the spills, everything started coming into context, all the therapy, all the self-help books, you know, all the trying to recover, all the trying to, I can't figure this thing out, what's wrong with me, why I'm not enough, to figuring out why I was. And figuring it out before I met my husband. That ushered me into my third act, I think, because 50 is getting pretty close to that third act. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that in a nutshell is my first and second act. Yeah. Now, guys, when you hear Suzette talk about her husband, like, there is just the... Um, the way you love that man. The way you love that man. And oh it, you can, you can, when you're talking about like, you know, you you had that healing, that um revelation and that aha moment, like before you met him, and then you're not taking what was from before into this new relationship. What would you say is the difference? Like when you compare what you had previously with what you have now like give us like you know comparisons because I think some like you said when I don't even know what my value is or like what is lovable about me it's very hard for someone to be like oh wait a moment I'm, I'm not in a, a great relationship it was like the difference is night and day it's like in relations relationships before I was stumbling around in the dark trying to find a light switch, right? And I kept bumping into furniture and tripping over things and, you know, bang banging my head and, and trying to feel my way. And when I thought I would feel something that felt right, only to find out that it would stab me, it would betray me, it would hurt me, it would push me down and leave me by myself all that in the dark, just trying to figure out love, trying to figure it out. And I knew there was a yearning in me for it. And of course I attached it to romantic love, but the yearning, there was a yearning that was deeply, not just romantic, but deeply spiritual. So my soul crying out for something. And the only thing that I knew was that I could attach it to was somebody to love me. 
right? So I'm looking for somebody to love me. The difference with meeting my now husband was I had to figure out why I was lovable and I had to love me in order to even recognize a man who could. And I feel like I'm not alone in that. I feel like the way we've been conditioned and raised, socialized, and even some of our traumas surrounding men, male energy, you know, that kind of thing, watching our mothers and how they responded to our fathers or whatever, it really has really conditioned us and given us modeling of toxic love that was normalized, romanticized, and even spiritualized, but still nonetheless toxic. Because when your soul can't breathe, it's toxic. When you can't be yourself, it's toxic. When you've got to leave loving yourself and putting what's lovable about yourself in somebody else's hands and feel like you got to serve that in order to get back the love that you deserve, it's toxic. And I was bringing that energy that I learned into every relationship. It was like a call and response. I didn't realize that my energy was bringing to me exactly what I was calling for, right? I didn't realize it. I didn't realize that the reason that I kept finding myself with emotionally unavailable men was because I was emotionally unavailable. I didn't realize that I thought because I was emotional that I was emotionally available or that I was emotionally accessible. But it's two different things. So it's just this stumbling around in the dark, trying to figure it out, trying to find a light switch. And Fortunately, it in that stumbling around in the dark, it made me have to figure it out because, you know, we can try to convince ourselves by our accomplishments that we don't need nobody. You know, we can tell ourselves, you know, and we might believe it for a while, you know, but if God's dream for you is companionship, I don't care what you do, you're going to still have that ache inside of you you might have a wonderful run but life is going to bring you to those moments where you're going to be like dang I wish I had somebody to share this with or you go to therapy and they trace it back to a trauma and you think oh I thought I had gotten over when when June Bug did that to me you know when 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 uh you know Billy Bob whatever what he did. I mean, you think you're over it because you have learned how to function. It doesn't hurt as much. You've got so many, so many more layers in between it. You, you don't feel it. You don't feel it like you used to. But I wonder if sometimes that's the reason why we're so busy. So that we don't have time to think about how lonely we are or how disconnected we feel or how unfulfilled we are, despite all the accomplishments. And I think God's love will bring us to those moments that feel terrifying just so that we can really face the truth that you can't outrun it. And so I'm grateful it was it was hell, actually, 
going through it, but I'm grateful that the stubbornness of God's love for me would not let me settle for less than that. And so that yearning in my soul would keep crying out for it. And so therefore I'd have to go to therapy and I'd have to read books and I'd have to, you know, all these things you're trying to do to figure it all out, to unravel this big ball of yarn. And so fortunately I had unraveled it enough that by the time I got to my husband, my now husband, um, that I knew what I wanted. And I knew dating authentically had to be the way to get it. Because I wasn't going to pretend anymore. I had gotten to the point, I can't do this anymore. I can't nip and tuck and contort myself into what I think somebody would want that would make me lovable. It's like, you know what? Just like my skin is, is dark brown, I can't do anything about that. Just because, just, just like if I don't have a relaxer in my hair, my hair is going to curl up. I can't do nothing about that. And fundamentally, I can't do anything about the skin I'm in and the heartbeat of God that's in me, expressed through me in this world. Despite it being vilified, it's still the heartbeat of God inside of me. And I can't do anything about it. I speak the way I speak. I think the way I think. What brings me joy brings me joy. What makes me sad makes me sad. I can't help that. And I'm tired of feeling bad about it. I'm tired of feeling guilty and blaming myself and shaming myself and seeing that coming back to me. You know what? Sink or swim. I'm going to have to be me. And so that much I knew. And so when I uh, met my husband, it was on a dating site of all things, a dating site where I won't pay no money for it. For those that feel like men don't take it seriously unless you unless they pay. It was free back then. I don't know what it is now, but it was free back then. And uh, so, cause that couldn't have been, but what, 13 years ago, about 13 years ago, it was free back then. The Africana Woman Personal Brand Course is currently enrolling for our next cohort. Discover your true self. Darling, it is time that you define your values, your purpose, your vision, and your mission. Don't just chase followers. Lead them with authenticity. So join our next cohort at AfricanaWoman.com and unleash your unique potential today. And I had been, you know, on with this this commitment to dating authentically and not being with anybody where I felt like I couldn't. I had dated a few men, you know, in the local area because I was looking for somebody local. I didn't want to do long distance. I was clear about that. I was clear about wanting somebody who wanted to be in a relationship. Wasn't just, you know, running game but they actually want it to be. And so if I went out with somebody and I got the vibe that they didn't want to be, I no longer kept trying to tell myself, well, it's because they never dated a woman like me, right? It's like, if they date me, I can change that. <laughs> or let's just kind of see where it goes. 
It's like, nah, if I'm not feeling it, I'm just not going to keep doing it. <laughs> I'm just not going to put myself through this anymore. You know what? If I'm not feeling comfortable, if I'm not feeling like I'm getting back what I want, what I ultimately want, and we're not going in the same direction. If all you want to talk about is sex, or if all you want to talk about is this, but you're not, I don't feel like you even have the bandwidth to be in a relationship, to even, even start the conversation. I'm just going to say, you know what? It was nice having coffee with you, but I think I'll keep it moving. And to risk them coming back to me, like, see, that's what's wrong with women like you all, you strong women. You know, that's what's wrong with y'all. Y'all don't, y'all, y'all, it's just because a man don't have this, just because a man don't have that, y'all throw us away. See, that's why y'all lonely. I was willing to risk him not thinking good about me. I was, I got to the point where I know what I want. And I know that I'm going to be authentic in it. And it would not be authentic to me for me to accept this from you. Adam been around this corner a couple of times. And finally, I've ended the insanity of doing the same things and expecting a different result. <laughs> Listen, I got this gash upside my head, right? <laughs> I don't need to, to hit it again, right? So uh, that was what I was armed with. And I remember I had dated a few people off and on, not for long periods of time, maybe one date, maybe two dates. And if it wasn't right, I could kind of feel it. If I was feeling bored and I'm like, gee, I wonder, I wonder what's happening over in another part of town while you're talking to me. I know it's not going to work. It's just not. You can be cute at everything. It's just not going to work. Or if I'm hearing that, wah, 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 it's not going to work. So uh, I was about to take a break from it, not because I was hurt, disappointed, bored, but after a while, it can be kind of draining. And I said, you know what? I want to bring the purity of who I am. I want to bring my humor, my light, my optimism into every day. And I'm starting to feel that kind of depleting. So I need to take a little break. Right when I was about to take a break, Chulu, my husband's profile comes up. And I tell you the truth. His profile almost said word for word what mine did. Because I said that I was in my 50s. I was, no, I was in my late 40s at the time. And I was looking for somebody that wanted to go places and do things because I was a youthful late 40, about to be 50 woman. I was youthful and I like going places. I like to go walking and I, I kind of put in there what that meant. Like I like to go to theaters. And I like to go for walks in the park. So I, and I like to go to nice places to eat and I like to travel. So it gives them an idea of who I am without me being like, I don't want a man sitting on the sofa surfing, <laughs> surfing cable all day long. So I was just kind of glossing it up, you know, that way you could kind of tell who I am without me being direct. And he said in his profile that he was looking for someone to have experiences with and to do things with. And I was like, shut up. 
And then I looked and he was kind of cute too. You know? Hmm, that little nerdy cute. I was the first person I think to say hi. And I said to him, I looked at your profile and oh my God, it almost read like mine. And I said, gee, I have to reach out to this guy. And it was just such a nice little banter. But then I said to him, now listen, I'm not one of these kind of women that spends all our time like emailing, chatting, talking over the phone. Because to me, it's not real until I meet you face to face. And with other guys, it was kind of a, ooh, ah, uh, let me check my calendar. You set a date, and then they'd have to change it. Like, a, you know, but he was like, sure. Immediately, sure. And so then I remember, uh, he was like, uh, well, he told me where he worked. And I was like, I work in the general area. It was crazy. And so he was talking about this coffee shop. And for women out there that feel like meeting a man at a coffee shop is beneath them, let me tell you something. I don't want to commit to a whole meal with somebody that I'm listening to and I'm going, want, 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 want. That's unfair to me. I know you're talking about he needs to take you to these wonderful places, but if you don't know him yet, that can be torture. It really, and I'm not willing to commit myself to an hour, two hours of torture just for a great fine dining meal. Listen, right? So I started saying, well, let's do coffee that way. <laughs> you know, and I would tell him straight up, let's do coffee. And let's see if we if we have chemistry, if what we're experiencing, you know, from the website, from the dating site, from these brief encounters, if it translates, if I'm your cup of tea, if you're mine, that's fair, because nobody wants to waste nobody's time. And so for him to say, yeah, sure. And I'll never forget, we walked to a coffee shop. He was already there. I was just a smidge late, just a smidge, but I was coming from work and I was like, you wouldn't believe at the end of the day, I'm trying to leave and my boss wanted this and they wanted that and they wanted, and he was just sitting there with his little chai tea, just waiting for me, just, just, you know, had it interesting. Oh, he's just as cute in person as he is on his picture. Check. <laughs> he didn't put a picture of when he was like 10 years old and now he's 60 years old. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing when he had muscles and now he's like, oh, but anyway, it was like, oh, he looks like his picture. That's a good, that's good. He has good energy. That's good. And so I'm, I'm sitting down, I'm taking my coat off, being my complete Suzette self. And then I'm like, hi. And he's like, hi. And I just, the energy was just so easy going. And we bantered, I know, for a good 30 minutes, just kind of like talking about stuff laughing and then I asked the question because of course I knew why I was there and so I said you know what brought you to this dating site and he said well you know I thought it'd be a good way to meet uh, nice women and this that and the third and uh all that and I said oh okay and we're talking about you know I said I noticed that you know what your uh tagline was and this kind of thing and he was like, you know what? He said, you know, and, I, and I'm and i at a point in my life where it's like, you know, even if I don't meet a person to spend the rest of my life with or whatever, that kind of thing, at least I could have met a friend, a good friend, right? And just the way you're nodding and smiling, 
was the way I would have nodded and smiled back in the day. It had been like, oh, isn't that sweet? Well, that's good. But because I had taken time to really figure out who I was authentically, and I knew what I really wanted, I knew I was not on a dad blame dating site to meet a friend. Now, come on. Really? <laughs> I knew that. So I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't. That would have been very inauthentic. It might have been fine for him, but that wasn't why I was there. And so I was very nice. And I said, oh, I said, that is really good. I said, but you know what? I was a little bit more intentional of coming on this dating site. I said, honestly, I like being part of a couple. I like it. I said, I want, an, I want a, a man friend. I want a boyfriend. I want romantic love. I said, I'm looking for my special someone. I, I am. I said, and you know what? And I'm, I'm not looking for a friend, a male friend. I said, I got those. And I said, and the reason why they're my male friends is because I don't want to sleep with any of them. You know, I said, so I don't want to waste your time because I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for more. I said, but it's really been nice talking to you. You are such a sweet guy. And I know you're going to find somebody. I, I, I wish you will. And I was putting my coat on to leave because I mean, why stay, right? And he was like, wait, 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 wait. And I said, then like, okay. He said, I really do want a long-term relationship. He said, I do. He said, I just didn't want to make that so much the goal that we don't even get to know each other to see if it would actually work. You know, he said, but I really am looking for it. And it's funny because later on, later down the line, we're all, a, we're, we're a couple and everything. We're married and we're talking about that. We often look back at that moment. And it was funny. He said, well, I was reading a book that told me not to come on too strong. <laughs> and I was reading, at that time, I was reading, uh, he's just not that into you. <laughs> you know, he said that, uh, yeah, he's just not that into you. And he said that if a man doesn't contact you within 24 to 48 hours, if he doesn't do certain things, that he's just not that into you. And it's so funny because he was trying to be laid back. And I was like, nah, this is what I want right now. And he said, no, I really did want it, but I just didn't want to frighten you off. <laughs> and so my being, and, that, and I think that's the power that we women have that we don't realize. When we know who we are and what we want, and we might not even know fully how lovable we are, but we know, hey, I'm tired of being anybody else. I'm going to, if I'm going to get out here, I'm going to be authentic. You know, I'm not going to put that pressure on me to try to, you know, perform. At least I'm going to be authentic. And I know what's authentic for me. And whoever likes me, loves me, they're going to have to love me for that. If not, I just can't play this game no more. That was where I was at. And so when he stopped me and he told me that, uh, I was like, oh, okay. It does sound like we're on the same page then. And then I would tell my sister, she was like, well, did you sit back down? I'm like, no, no, no sitting back down. I put my coat on. So, you know, I had to sashay. 
out there to my car because you know you have to make an exit, honey. You have to follow through on your exit. And so, <laughs> so he was walking with me and he was like, okay, you want me to my car? And he said, well, he says, since uh, we get along well, he said, can I, can I ask you out on a proper date? Can I call you and ask you out on a proper date? I said, sure, honey. I think about 24 hours later, that man was asking me out for a proper date. And the rest is history. It was the best date I'd ever been on. Best date I'd ever been on. So that's, that's the difference. That's, that's my story with my sweetheart. That's why I light up. I light up because he loves me for me because I refuse to bring anything else but me. I took a chance on me. And by doing that, I attracted somebody who would fall in love with me for the right reasons. I haven't had to stop being Suzette to earn his love. As a matter of fact, me being me makes him love me more. And that's why I get to be happy. I get to be happy with somebody being me. I mean, what else is there, right? I love love. Like, I absolutely love love. <laughs> I I mean, I did wedding cakes for a very long time and I love love. I just love, you know, when people just come together for the reason that they love each other. It's so beautiful. Ah, so now we're on the third act, is it? Third act. Okay, first of all, guys, I, I, I want you to make sure you go and follow Suzette. She's talking about the third act. This fashionista is always showing up every day in something gorgeous. <laughs> Just looking, I don't know why she says she's like, I don't know, say something. I don't say 69. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, she is glowing. She is just looking so beautiful. <laughs> I love following you. <laughs> I'm like, what is she wearing today? Hmm. <laughs> you, I didn't. That's the beautiful thing. Now that I've retired, I tell people I've retired to joy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm back to that little girl spinning around in the living room. Figuring things out. Dancing, playing, following the little shiny things in my personality. And anything that just makes me light up, I'm just doing it. It's like, oh, man, and just fashion. I didn't know. I knew I, I loved it back when I was younger. But, of course, that was all about trying to, you know, be pretty enough to track somebody, right? So I didn't really just do it for the fun of it. And so now it's like I'm really, like, playing around with color and, Prince and bringing some of my African roots into it and giving it a Western silhouette and just kind of blending both parts of me, my Af African roots and my Western experience and blending those cultures together and making my own culture where I feel comfortable in it, you know, creating my own expression my own thumbprint in the world and so just playing with fashion and oh goodness I'm, I'm a lover of food 
my husband and I have that in common. Honey, we love coffee shops, interestingly, but we also love like jazz venues and, and things like that, cultural things. We love it. We love good concerts and we love things like that. So doing that and having to get cute and dress up, girl, and seeing his face and his eyes go walka walka when I come down those stairs, it gives me life. It gives me life. So it's like I'm doing that. I'm, I'm eating. I'm, I'm line dancing. You know, me and my 50 plus crew of ladies, y'all don't sleep on those 60s and 70s women. Those women can drop it and give you the shoulders and give you the hips. I'm like, oh, come on, sister. And everything is so getting out there and line dancing and learning new line dances to different music and and all of that, it just makes you feel good. And you're just dancing. You're not worried about whether you, you know, how you're looking to anybody else. You're just having a good time. And I'm learning that if I go to places where I can't bring the fun, I can't bring the joy, I can't stoke it. I can't see it. I can't experience that energy, that there's not room for that. Then I know it's not the right place. And so just following this path of joy, I just feel myself lighting up in so many different areas. And now my social media is not so much about marketing for my coaching and marketing for this. It's just an expression of the fun that I'm having and the, and, and the joy that I'm experiencing. Of course, with a little, bit, a little bit of life and relationship stuff on the side, because that's part of me too. That's part of my journey. That's those life lessons that I've learned, those relationship lessons that I've learned. And I'm just a deep thinker. Hey, sis. So I wanted to just stop the interview for a short second to let you know something very important. I think it is so, so, so vital that you invest in yourself and you can do that with an Africana woman retreat. Escape from the daily chaos and indulge in true rest. Treat yourself to a getaway where you are pampered as the queen that you are, and it's time to put yourself on your schedule. So schedule the rest you deserve to recharge your soul. Book your spot on an Africana woman retreat right now, and you can do that at africanawoman.com and gift yourself and your loved ones the best version of yourself. All right, back to the episode. You know, I just am. I, I go underneath the skin of everything. And so having the ability to share what's in my mind and in my heart in a place that I can put it all out there and get it all out without, you know, somebody arguing it or challenging it or you know, those kinds of things that sometimes that kind of resistance that you can meet or sometimes people being interested in it throws your flow off and you're like, but what I'm trying to say is the beautiful thing about social media is I can get it all out. And uh, it's interesting because people are like, they'll tell you, you know, don't write a book <laughs> on social media because people have, you know, their mindsets and their abilities to focus is short. But I'm finding that when I write my little short stories or I get my full thoughts out, 
people actually read it. And I'm getting comments and engagement from people actually reading what I'm posting. And that to me is like, that just goes to show you that when you're being authentic, it brings back to you what's yours. And that even though people, sure, there are people who are in marketing and in sales and they've been studying this thing and all that, and they have a universal understanding that we can benefit from. But the thing that uh, our mentor, Patrice Washington, has truly liberated us in is that, but you also have to follow what that divine inspiration inside of you is saying. And if what somebody else is telling you doesn't line up with it, you got to go with that inside of you. And so I can't help that I'm a storyteller. I'm a deep thinker. I'm thinking these things and I'm going to put it all out there. And uh, it just it's, it's just gratifying to know that I can do that. I feel, yeah, yeah, I am one of the readers. <laughs> so I will be reading. <laughs> so please do continue. <laughs> and it's so funny when you say that. Um, I'm doing a, we're doing a personal brand course right now. And I know, you know, like, you know, uh, letting the ladies know that, you know, shorter sentences and all of that. And then I go right ahead and post these long stories. <laughs> like, I have to get it all out. Like, you know, who, like, if it's for that one person and that one person needed to hear this, then that's fine, you know? So I, I put it all out there too. <laughs> so I'm just loving, it's just, it's just freedom. I just feel like I'm dancing with God again. Oh, and it's just, oh, when I just said that, mm, I just feel like I'm dancing with God again and that I'm enough mm -hmm. in all my complexity, in all my imperfection is perfect to him. And I get to still dance and be in this third act in a way that mm, I don't, it's not interrupted by life. I'm not having to provide. I'm no longer having to run a business. I'm no longer having to make budget. I'm no longer having to inspire a team. <laughs> you know, I'm not, and, 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 and when I was doing it, it was, that was the lay of the land. That's the price you pay for being an entrepreneur. I get that. And especially if that's your sole income, you, you gotta pay attention to budgets and you gotta do that. But to be in this, this, this act of life and to not have to worry about it. I didn't know, I, I didn't know I was going to experience joy. I was resisting it because I was like, wait, this was not my plan. I was going to work, you know, I was going to coach until I croak, you know, it was like, no, I wasn't going to be retired and <laughs> doing that kind of thing. I wasn't going to be rocking in a rocking chair and, you know, knitting booties for my grandchildren. And, you know, I, that was just not me. I could not imagine myself not working at something, doing something. And it was kind of lonely for a minute because a lot of the people and connections I have made, 
they were still in the hustle. They were still in the grind. Even, the, the, even though they were saying they weren't hustling and grinding. Yes, they were. They might have made it look sexy. But yeah, from where I'm sitting now, it's still a hustle and grind. It's still a meeting deadlines when you're tired and you want to go to sleep. It's still having to drive through and get fast food because you don't have time to cook a, a healthy meal. It's still those things. So it's still a hustle and grinding, busyness with a purpose, but still it's busyness nonetheless. And the thing that I have learned, Chulu, is despite that, your body keeps score. I don't care if you're feeling like it's ministry is the reason you're doing it or purpose is the reason you're doing it. You're serving something bigger than yourself is the reason you're doing it. Leaving a legacy is the reason you're doing it. You know, changing the trajectory for Black women everywhere you're doing it. Whatever your reason, your body keeps score of all the ways you abuse it in the course of trying to help everybody else or fulfill what you feel like your dream, your vision, your calling is. And I feel like we do ourselves a disservice that has been perpetuated generationally. We do ourselves a disservice when we feel like the price of fulfilling our divine calling is our own demise or our own suffering that we treat ourselves badly for the greater good i just don't believe that was the plan of god from the beginning i just don't believe it is and unfortunately it was so much a part of me that he had to yank me out of it i didn't know how to not do it i didn't i didn't know i, I i've had um conversations with uh dr patrice uh, Buckner about burnout and she was on my podcast and she was talking about the tales you know you have to know what your tales are that that lead you into burnout you know that at that point where you're running your car off the road into the ditch and as much as I intellectually know that I keep finding myself <laughs> getting recovering from going too far and I realize it's generational workaholism it truly is we're conditioned to work to perform to do and to not feel like we're doing anything earning anything or worthy of anything that comes easy it's just it's, it's it we stand on the shoulders of it right and so I realized that even though I knew it, and even when I thought I wasn't doing it, I was still doing it. And so literally, I, I understand why God had disrupted it to really give me what my soul yearned for. My soul yearned for fulfillment. It yearned for satisfaction. It yearned for peace. It yearned to be enough in being who I am, not having to do my way into being enough. My soul yearned for relevance and significance just because I'm alive, just because I am who I am, just because of me being an expression of God in the earth. 
there's a there's something in us that yearns for it but I felt like the way to, to get to it was I was going to work my way into it but I can say though I had moments certainly I enjoyed coaching people into a greater understanding and into reaching their goals and to resolve it sure I loved it but the price of it after a while, my love for it and the price I was paying for it, 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 the price was becoming too high. But I was so in it, I couldn't stop. I, I couldn't see myself not doing it. I was like, okay, let me just figure out a way to do it better. <laughs> let, let me see what I, what I need to know that I don't know. So I would keep right on going to mentors and coaches and tr trying to figure out how to how to make this thing work for me instead of work against me. That I didn't want to kill myself, you know, that I'm helping you to thrive at my own expense. And then beating myself up because I'm like, but this is supposed to fulfill me. I'm helping people. I'm, this is supposed to be making me feel like, oh, joy and happiness. And I would be finding myself recovering over and over and over again pounding my head like, why? In the moment it was fine, but now I feel just as drained and disconnected, why? And so God had to yank me out of that and kind of put me in this kind of wilderness of the in-between, you know, for me to finally disconnect from the constant doing, even my mind constantly moving disconnect to the to the point that he could really let me settle into your soul needs a detox because you've been running on self-awareness and Patrice Washington's been talking about this and God bless her I am so grateful that she is not allowing what she's created to hold her hostage to the truth of her story that takes such courage and I so appreciate her as I do you for your vulnerability. I remember that post that you made where you were just being honest. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, what a breath of fresh air for you all to not allow what you have built to swallow your voice, to swallow your humanity, to swallow up the moments when things just don't work out the way that you want them to, and you can say publicly, this sucks. I don't like it. I did all this work for this webinar and one person showed up. Listen, and people don't tell that, but it's true. You do all this work and your vision, you're dreaming up here, your vision is big and you see it with camera action lights. You see it in technicolor. You know in your heart how it's going to bless people. And six people show up. After a while, that wears on you. I don't care what nobody says. It's almost like, now God, am I really doing what you calling me to do? <laughs> or have I dreamed this thing up thinking it's something and this is not really what it is, right? And I got had to kind of yank me out of the rat race, the hamster wheel. Because I was like, I'm going to make this thing work, doggone it. 
I'm gonna find a way to make this work. And it just still wasn't working. And I didn't want to say it publicly, but I was so grateful that you gave me a place that I could, when you shared your journey, that's when I was just like, thank you, Chulu. This is what I've been holding inside of me that I just wanted to tell somebody. This, this is just, oh. And so I'm grateful that God yanked me out of it. And now he is showing me by walking this path to joy, this path of joy, that I am finding a fulfillment in doing that. And I know my story isn't over. I know my contribution isn't over, but I happen to believe that if I keep walking this path of joy, whatever I'm supposed to do, whatever way I'm supposed to reimagine it, reinvent it, whatever, it's going to make room for me. Just like dating authentically made room for me and brought something greater than I could even wish or dream. I believe this path of joy is going to make room for me. And it's going to give back to me in a way that's going to make it worth it. And it's not going to kill me in the process. So I'm just willing to just keep doing what God has me doing. And I trust that what's right for me will be attracted to me. And it's so funny. I was telling my husband the other night, I said, you know what? I haven't done a podcast in a while, but when I got the invitation from Chudu, I felt joy. So I'm like, I just believe that whatever it is, it's going to be these moments that are going to find me or I'm going to look over there and go, oh, hmm, maybe I'll be kind of check this out. And that that's somehow going to usher me into whatever it is. However, I'm supposed to do it. It's going to work. And I'm, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes, yes, yes. Amen and amen. Yes. Suzette, we could talk the whole day. <laughs> Start winding down. Um, I'm going to ask you four questions. Um, we have a saying, which is know your roots, grow your purpose. And um, yeah, so just tell me, you know, what comes to mind, first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. So the first question, I, what are you rooted to? I am rooted to, I am rooted to myself being an expression of divine love in this world. And that is enough. What are your favorite ways to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul? My favorite ways, one of them is going outside of me. Now, caveat here, I am not a bugs, insects kind of person. And I often would say I could sit outside all day if it weren't for the bugs <laughs> and all that all in my face. 
So I'm not that kind of girl. I'm bougie when it comes to that. But nature itself, being outside, being where there are lots of trees and the sun coming through, almost like, you know, that vision you see of, of Jesus coming out of the water and God saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. When I get in that place in, in among trees and the sun just kind of cascades through, it just brings peace to me. I love going out to the beach and looking out on the water and just hearing the waves coming in and the little seagulls going. That renews me. Actually driving down the road and I see as I'm driving, especially autumn, that's why it's my favorite season, the trees being different colors on those hills. Oh, spectacular. And those are things that automatically just renew my soul. Uh, and if I'm doing anything, Africana Woman Book Club, the reading, y'all are getting me back into reading and exposing me to authors that are just breaking me open. I'm enjoying it. I love great conversation. So being a part of what you, being part of your community is just a wonderful place that renews me. When I get off uh, our, our um, monthly calls, I'm just grinning. I love dancing and singing music, music, all genres of music. I'm not into heavy metal, though, and I'm not into gangster rap, but music, country, bluegrass, opera. I'm into it. Hip hop, R&B. And, and now that I've been really sinking down into my African roots, I'm developing a love for Afrobeats and listening to different African uh, singers and, and, and musicians. And I'm kind of finding my shoulders starting to kind of wiggle. And I'm saying, oh, wait a minute, I'm feeling this, you know? And I'm, I'm loving that. That brings me in, back into myself. I love that music and being outdoors and great conversation high high vibration conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 okay so do you have a weakness that has now become a superpower yes mm -hmm. i used to be told when i was younger told by the way people responded that I talked too much, that I make too much out of things, that I, 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 I won't leave well enough alone, right? You always gotta find something. Um, I was the kid that if daddy came in and his eyes were red, I was the one that said, daddy, you drinking again? 
I was always the person that would expose the elephant in the living room. And granted, as a little girl, I didn't have a filter. I remember one of my teachers, she told me who her husband was. And he was another teacher that I had. And I was like, you married to him, he's ugly. So needless to say, my honesty, my truthfulness needed a little bit of, um, you know, I, I needed to kind of, yeah, it, it needed some tact, but it was my truthfulness. I was very true. I was very honest and I spoke what I actually thought. And growing up, that was like a weakness because it was like, if I could just shut up, if I could just not say it, then people wouldn't be offended. I wouldn't be hurting people's feelings. They wouldn't respond mean to me. I wouldn't get a whooping because I talk too much sassy mouth. You know, if I could just stop, shut my mouth, go along with it, then maybe my life would not be so hard. But now it's my superpower. Being a deep thinker, going underneath the sur surface, exposing the elephant in the living room, you know, saying, saying the doggone thing and being honest and being truthful and calling a thing a thing. Now that's my superpower because now I believe that by doing it, it gives other people permission to do it too. And there's freedom. There's a freedom in finding your own voice and being able to speak it. There's freedom in it. So, yeah. Uh, okay, the last question. What do you know as a certainty? What I know. Mm, and I can feel my little throat wriggling. I'm about to choke a little bit, so <clears throat> swallowing a little hard. What I know with certainty is that God loves me. Not because I do everything right. Not because I cross every T and dot every I. Not because I earned my way into it. Not because I'm devout in my faith. Not because I feed the hungry and clothe the naked. <laughs> Not because of any of those things. He loves me because I'm me. That I know without a doubt. And I'm so grateful for the journey that helped me to find that out for myself. Y'all need to soak that in. <laughs> soak that in. Mm. Okay, so that how can people find you? Where do they go to follow you, read your beautiful stories and insight? Like, where do people find you? Oh, man, my, my, my favorite playgrounds 
uh, Instagram and Facebook. And on Instagram, I am at Suzette Viernon. And that's with a V, E-A-R-N-O-N. And I'm sure, Chula, you're going to have that in your description. Uh, And on Facebook, I am, you can find me as Suzette R. Viernon. And I think I'm the only Suzette R. Viernon you will find on Facebook. Uh, but if you're looking for the actual at, it would be Suzette.Hinton, because that was my uh, name before I got married. Um, but that's where you can find me. Uh, I do have a website, and right now it's kind of like not, it's kind of going through a transformation mm-hmm. because I'm not like coaching. I'm not coaching as a business anymore. And so I'm still in the process of trying to change that. So that's, I'm not giving that website address out because if you go there, you'll be like, okay, I thought you weren't doing that anymore. So I don't want to confuse anybody, but they can find me in those two places. And I'm talking and sharing and all of that. Uh, So you still get to experience who I am and what I think and this joy that I'm living out loud by going to Instagram and Facebook. Definitely. Ah, Please make sure you follow Suzette and see what dancing with God looks like. Suzette, it has been absolutely, absolutely everything I thought it would be. I've had like chills. I'm like, oh my God, say that again. Like, Oh my goodness, I have laughed. My cheeks are hurting from smile. Like, sis, <laughs> it has been everything. Thank you. Thank you everything. for your light. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your joy. Um, I appreciate you. Oh, back at you. It has been everything. Same thing, my cheeks. I haven't stopped smiling <laughs> since I have been on, on talking to you. I just... It's natural. I just love that I feel your energy. It's everything that I knew it would be and more. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for your platform. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being you. You You are so necessary. You're so relevant. Just the way you breathe, the way you move, the way you express yourself, the whole fashion thing. I was seeing you and your beautiful stylist. I'm like, listen, you inspired me to just, I'm like, because y'all, you go to Chulu's page, honey, uh, it is a buffet. It is a buffet. So yes, same thing back at you, sis. I love you to the moon and beyond. I do. I love you deeply. Thank you. Oh. Lady, this is the time when you start sharing the podcast with your friends, your sisters, your mothers, and your daughters, okay? The best way that you can support Africana women is to share our podcast, and it's absolutely free. Thank you in advance. So I am still beaming. What I love about Suzette is she is 50 years young, okay? She met her husband through a dating app, okay, in her late 40s. Guys, 
there is hope for me jesus ah there is hope <laughs> she was clear about what she wanted she put herself out there and was not afraid to stand by what she said were her non-negotiables or what are the things that she really wanted in a relationship and what she was able to offer all i'm saying is i don't care what age you are love can find you if that is what you desire so give it a chance so whether you're divorced whether you're a jaded child like me <laughs> whether you were abused you know whatever your story was leave it in the past and choose love as your future so you know what we do you know how we do please find suzette on facebook at suzette r vernon and give her her roses tell her you heard her on the africana woman podcast let her know what you learned ah uh, thank you so much suzette Remember to follow us on Instagram. You can find us across all socials at Africana Woman. Visit our website, africanawoman.com, and read the blog. In fact, you can be a contributor so you can write your own story. You'll find all the details about how you can do that on the website. The Africana Woman podcast is part of the Africana Woman Network. My name is Chulu, your host. <laughs>